All right, here we go with 28 June 2021 episode. We got some stuff going on. We got the Iowa 80 truck stop jamboree going on, which is going to be huge. I think this year is going to be fantastic because, you know, we didn't, you know, things have been on lockup and we haven't seen a lot of stuff and it's going to be exciting to see this show. These guys really do a good job. They got a great yard. They got a great facility. They got a big indoor area. They got this big truck museum. I mean, there isn't anything about this place that, that isn't, you know, that they don't do right. You know, they got a nice fuel island. I feel there quite often. I really like the place. You know, it's an easy, it's an easy one. There's always parking there. I mean, the place is huge. Well, it's the world's largest truck stop. What do you expect? It's a huge parking lot. So anyway, that's going to be the 8th, 9th, and 10th of July. Now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get in on my run on Thursday. So I'm going to rush over to Davenport, probably get a hotel room there. And then uh, I'm going to go to the show Friday, and then I'll go home from there. So I'm only getting, I won't be able to hit it Thursday because I'm working. And so I'm going to hit it Friday, and then Saturday I got to go home for something. So I think that's when, that's how I'm going to handle it. Uh, let's see. Update. I think I got the sound problem issue, and I think when I when I updated the software, it took me out of the I the AISO settings, and I think I once I reestablished that, I think I'm okay. I'll let you know after this episode. Ugh, what a pain! I, I don't mean to be such a prima donna about the sound. It's just you know I wanted to you know I wanted to be clear. I wanted to you know to sound right. You know it's it's hard in you know I'm not a I'm a truck driver. I'm not a broadcaster. So I know you guys don't expect, you know, perfection out of me, but, you know, I still like to be as clear and concise as possible with no static and things like that. So I'm still working on it. So just bear with me on that. Also, let's see what else is going on in personal life. Uh, not too much. Oh, but my wife uh, got our anniversary coming up. I got her a new purse. Yes, I bought a purse for her. She likes these Dooney and Burke purses. So I went and bought her one. So this will come in the mail. She doesn't listen to the show, so I'm safe. So I think she'll be surprised when it hits the house. Hopefully it'll hit the house when I'm not here, so she'll be surprised. And then I'll tell her she can't open it until I get home. It'll drive it crazy. Oh, it'll be fun. I know it's the little thing is right. What else is going on? Not much. Oh, oh, this was exciting this week. So I'm going down a road and, you know, Jeremiah Craig, I, I watch Jeremiah Craig. He does this coffee thing every morning and, you know, he's one of my favorite artists, independent artists, and he just does a fabulous job, and I just really like his stuff. So he puts an Instagram thing out, and I go to click on it, because I can listen to these things, because it's all music when I'm going down the road. I can't watch the video, but I can listen. I'm driving, because it's live. Anyway, he's like, oh, I'm in, uh, just hit Wyoming, and I'm a 990, and I'm like, what? He's literally only like a couple hundred miles ahead of me on my route. Because I run to Billings and then back to, you know, I go Chicago, Billings, St. Paul, Billings, and then back to Chicago. Well, he was on the 90 route, and he was headed towards Chicago. I'm not sure exactly where he went. To, oh, yeah, he went back to Salt Lake after he went to he went to Wyoming, I think. Anyway, I just thought it was kind of funny. He was on the same road and got to see what I do every week, <laughs> or at least see the roads I travel. So that was really cool. I like that. He's the guy that does the the intro, you know, the song, which I really enjoy. So anyway, let's get on with the news. Um, not too much going on. A little bit. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Let's get started. All right, here we go. Keep 
keeping that hammer down all across the nation Checking cities off his list Sharing stories of the road right here on his station You are listening to the Kingfish Yes, you've tuned in to the Kingfish Radio Network Expand your mind on the open road with Kingfish right here. All right. We talked about the uh, I-80 truck stock jamboree, which is just, like I said, if you get a chance, you need to go to that. It is definitely a destination if you're into trucks, especially the show trucks. This year, uh, Friday when I'm going, they're going to have the pet contest. It was just going to be kind of cool. Hopefully I'll get some shots of that. You'll find all that stuff on either the the Facebook page, you know, the the TWK Trucking the Kingfish Truck Facebook page, same name as the podcast, or you'll find some of it on the Big Trucks and Hot Rods uh, Facebook page. I, I put a bunch of stuff up there that's mostly car stuff, but you'll see that there. Now, here's the thing: the Shell Rotella 39th annual. It's the 39th annual Shell Rotella Super Rigs competition. It's going to be held on the 29th the 30th and the 31st at the Love's Truck Stop in Hampshire, Illinois. So if you're near Chicago, that's that's an easy one to get to. And then they're going to have the, you know, the super truck competition. It's going to have $25,000 in you know, cash and prizes, which is, I guess, it's not really a lot when you consider how much you know, the effort these guys put in their trucks and how, you know, how work, you know, the money they put into them. I mean, these trucks are beautiful. So, um, and then 11, 11 of the drivers will be selected to have their trucks featured in the 2022 Shell Rotella Super Rigs calendar. The 12th truck will be at the, 26, uh, the 2016 Peterbilt 389 uh, from the Best of Show at the Virtual Contest held in 2020. I've seen that truck. I'm pretty sure I've seen this truck, the one that won in 2020 over at Iowa 80 a couple of years ago. And if it's the same one I'm thinking of, it's a beautiful truck. But I'm not, not entirely sure. I have to double check on that one. But it is, I can see why it won. If it's the same one I'm thinking, I'm looking at the photo, I'm pretty sure it's the same one. It's absolutely stunning inside and out. I can see why the guy won. So anyway, that's going on. So those two shows are coming up. I'm going to try to go to both of them. Remember, the 8th, 9th, and 10th of July for the Iowa 80. And then the um, 29th, 30th, and 31st. I'm going to hit them both on a Friday. They're both Thursday, Friday, Saturday shows. So I'm going to hit them both on a Friday. I'm going to go go home. Yeah, you know, I get home on Thursday or I get into the truck on Thursday. Uh, get a hotel room. I'll hit the show. Boom. Then go home. Still got the weekend off. I think it'll be fantastic. So anyway, we got those two big shows. If you can't hit them, don't worry. I'm going to hit them. I'm going to take photos. Okay. So if you can't make it there, look for my photos on the, on the Facebook page. You know, and I don't care. Honestly, if you share them or use them or or whatever, I don't care. Just mention me. Just say, hey, Kingfish took these photos or something. That'd be cool. If not, I don't really care. It's not a big deal. So, all right, let's get moving on. Well, we're going to start with a real downer today. Uh, nine children were... I'm getting this off CDL Life. So, you know, go... If you want to read their stuff, it's they got some great reporting. Go check them out. So, anyway, nine children killed in chain reaction crash involving two tractor trailers, 18 vehicles total. So, two truck drivers got into it with a bus. It killed... You know, nine kids got killed. It's just horrific. Anything like this would happen. 
Um, it was in Butler County, Alabama, on June 19th, okay? So it says here, according to ABC News, the chain reaction started when two semi-trucks crashed and crushed a bus from the Tallahassee County Girls Ranch, which caused an SUV to crash. The collision killed eight children on the bus and a father and daughter inside the SUV. Invest, investigators, uh, investigating officers believe the hydroplaning was a factor in the crash. As the crash occurred, just as Tropical Storm Clyde was hitting the area, the bus driver, Clyde Scully, was rescued from the wreck a bus by a bystander. She reportedly tried to rescue children from the bus, was unable to get past the flames. Two of her own children were on board the bus. Any other injuries sustained in the incident are considered non-life-threatening. The bus belonged to the Tallahassee County Girls Ranch, a home for girls in need of a place to stay. You know, I can't even imagine that the, the, the you know, this incident is, you know, it's, it's absolutely horrific. And this poor woman, you know, she's driving a bus and she's got two of her own kids on the bus. It doesn't say if they were among the, the you know, the killed kids. And, you know, she, um, she tried to get, you know, tried to get past the flames to get on the bus. And... I imagine that's something that's gonna she's gonna be living with the rest of her life. I can't even imagine what that would be like. Uh you know, but you know, Candace Gully, I mean the fact that, you know, she tried to get past the flames and just couldn't get it is just I think that says a lot about the woman. I I feel so sorry for her. I can't even imagine, you know, what she must be going through. So I don't know. All right, let's get moving on. Hopefully things will be a little bit better. All right, earlier in the month, we talked about a couple of trucks getting hijacked and down in Mexico and, you know, a bunch of rounds being stolen. It says here, gunmen stole 7 million rounds of ammo from trucks headed for Texas. Authorities recover 5 million rounds. So the cops, within less than 20 miles of where it was, they were able to track down the trailers, and they don't say how, but they were able to, you know... They were able to track it down. It says here the trucks were recovered following the robbery, but the trailers had been emptied of about 7 million rounds of ammunition. Local media outlets estimate the stolen ammunition was valued about $2.7 More than 98% of the rounds were twenty two caliber sold in the U.S. under the Aquila ground, Aquila ground brand, Aquila, Aquila, A-Q-A-G-U-I-L-A, Aquila, Aguila, I don't know how to say it. Experts say the Mexican cartels rarely use such low-powered ammunition. Yeah, and they found the the truck drivers and the security guards were later found unharmed. So, you know, it's funny, you know, when, like 20 years ago, 10 years ago, you couldn't even give 22 rounds. I mean, they were, like, dirt cheap. Now it's now they're stealing them? That's amazing. So, I don't know. Rounds are in short supply because everybody's hoarding. Stop hoarding. Go out to the range. Shoot your guns. Practice. Get good. Hoarding doesn't do any good. All right, let's get moving on. Well, here's something that's insane. Um, over in Montclair, California, someone stole, you know, at a tire shop, somebody stole a truck. And what they did with the truck is they went on a police chase, and they ended up burying it inside a house in Chino. What is up with these trucks being buried in houses and hotels? And, you know, what do they think? This is some Garth Brooks, you know, the reenacting Garth Brooks video. So... Anyway, it doesn't say if anybody got hurt here. Uh, nobody inside the the house was home at the house when the you know the truck crashed into it. The truck took out the whole front end of the house. I can't even imagine coming home to that. You know, Chino's a very working class neighborhood. It's not like it's a super rich community. It's 
you know, it's working class stuff like the rest of us, you know. So the CHP is investigating it, you know, and I've seen a lot of these kind of stories where this is happening more and more. And I'm starting to wonder, you know, I wonder if these, a lot of this has to do with the automatics. I don't know if this is an automatic or not, but back in the day, people who didn't know how to, you know, drive trucks didn't steal trucks because they didn't know how to drive the damn things. Now anybody can get in, hit the throttle and, you know, just boom, put it in drive, you're on your way. So I kind of wonder about that. Is the, is the number of trucks being stolen, has that number gone up because automatics, you know, people, you know, there are more trucks or automatics. I got to wonder about that. So the manual stick shift was, you know, I guess a theft deterrent in a lot of ways, you know, because people didn't know how to drive them. They couldn't shift the trucks. They didn't know how. Man, it's not, I mean, once you get used to it, it's easy, but in the very beginning, it's a little difficult. So if nobody shows you how to do it, well, how would you steal it? I don't know. Let's get moving on. Well, it sounds like Toronto's got their own drug problems. Toronto police uh, on June 22nd held a press conference, and apparently they busted some guy who's, you know, this drug ring. What they did was they built these sophisticated hydraulic storage, you know, hidden compartments inside the cab. Looks like it's inside the cab on the top bunk on the back of the wall. And this thing was so sophisticated. I guess if you hit it with an x-ray, it didn't penetrate the thing, which I guess is a sign that there's something going on. Anyway, during the investigation, police see 444 kilos of cocaine, 182 kilogram, kilos of crystal meth, 426 or 27 kilos of marijuana, uh, 300 Oxycontin pills, 966,000 in uh, Canadian currency, and they got 21 vehicles, including five tractor trailers and one firearm. So this is during the investigation. That's a lot of, it's only one fire. Well, it's Canada. If it was the U.S., it would be all those numbers plus about, you know, 500 firearms. So the, the street value of the seized drugs is estimated at $61 million. And the investigation was aided by other Canadian and American law enforcement agencies. It's a pretty big deal. So, and the truck busted. Seems to be a lot of that going on these days. Unbelievable. Well, well, we're in Canada. I'm sorry, Canada. I say Canada. We're in Colorado. It looks like they're having shortages of gas over at the pumps. Now, this is not a shortage of gas. It's a shortage of drivers to deliver the gasoline to the gas stations. So if you want to get into truck driving, right now is a really good time to do it because there's a shortage of gas. And I imagine they're going to start giving some bonuses out. So you're going to see yellow bags over there until they figure this all out. So, I don't know. It's what a nightmare, huh? It's uh, just one of those things, you know? Nobody wants to do this kind of work anymore. Pays pretty good. I like driving. I like seeing the country. I've never done fuel, so I can't say anything about that, but at least you're home every night. I don't know. Think about it. If you're into trucking, go check out, uh, you know, you want to get into it. It might be a good way to get into it because they need fuel drivers. Of course, you might want to do get a little more experience before you start hauling around all that gas. You know, maybe drive one of the big boxes around for a while. All right, let's keep moving on. All right, drivers, this is insane. I don't understand this. Why anybody would do this? It makes no sense to me, but it sounds like over in Washington, Seattle, apparently. Uh, I don't know, maybe they've gone crazy. But uh, somebody's targeting big rigs on I-5 and on I-90. It's not just big rigs, it's cars, too. They're throwing rocks off car overpass, you know, off overpasses, 
there, uh, they got video of a guy on the shoulder throwing rocks into the interstate. You know, his cars are going down the road, and it's just insane. You know, these things are happening at all hours of the day and night. A lot of it's at 3, 4 in the morning. So, you know, you need to, the last one was at 3 a.m., so you really want to be on the lookout for stuff like this. I know it's crazy, but we don't know who's doing it yet. It's apparently, uh, it says here, so far this year, they've had more than 70 rock-throwing incidents in Seattle, with many occurring along the I-5 and I-90 corridor. And they've had people injured from this. And you could easily get killed. You know, one of those rocks could crash through your windshield. They could take you out. So if you see anybody throwing anything off the the overpass in any way, or you see a bunch of stuff on the overpass, you know, because somebody could hit that in the middle of the night. Keep in mind, the cars can't see as well as we can. So if they hit those rocks on the on the road, they could really damage their cars or damage themselves. So my suggestion is call 911 immediately. You know, don't hesitate. Just call 911. You know, let's get the, you know, just do the right thing. Call 911. If you can't stop and clear it up yourself, which is always, you know, it's not a safe idea to do so. Call 911. That's the best thing you can do. Alert them to what's going on. Maybe they can figure out a pattern. They can put a stop to this bullshit because it's just insane. You know, the people would actually do this. And apparently, you know, we see these patterns all the time. These rock throwing people happen. and I just don't get it. All right, let's get moving on. All right, if you're uh, some trucking companies or they feel like they're being, they're getting double dipped when it comes to uh, the tollways over in Western New York. So here's all I got to say. If you're on the New York Thoroughway and you're using the Easy Pass, double check your bill and make sure that you're not overpaying for what they're charging, you know, for what you did. Check your statements, okay? Because they've been doing that apparently to a couple of people and it's, you know, it adds up pretty quick. Uh, one guy got a bill for $75, and he had actually only owed $9.30. So don't just pay those bills. Double-check them, because you, be, you could be getting overly charged big time. If they're doing it to a couple of people, they're doing it to a lot more. So just if you're in the, you know, like I said, if you're in New York, third way, yeah, just double-check your bill. That's all I'm saying, okay? Let's get moving on. All right, it sounds like Minneapolis has gone insane. All right. And, you know, this is, I don't understand what their thinking is here, but Minneapolis city officials are moving forward with a sweeping plan to ban truck parking within city limits. The Minneapolis City Council's Transportation and Public Works Committee voted 4-0 to zero in favor of a proposed ordinance that would forbid truck parking within the city. Following the vote in favor, the proposal will move on to the full city council within the next few weeks. If the proposal passes, the truck parking ban will go into effect in 2022. Now, under the proposed ordinance, no vehicle or hitched or unhitched combination, with or without a load which weighs more than 26,000 pounds or is registered for a gross weight of more than 26,000 pounds, shall, per- shall be permitted to stop, stand, or park on any street unless one of the following exemptions is met. The city would only allow truck parking under the following circumstances if the ordinance passes. One, during the loading or unloading of passengers. Yeah, okay. When the vehicle is stopped, parked, or standing in compliance with specially posted signals or signs, regulating the weight of a vehicle combination or at the direction of an authorized traffic control agent or a police officer. Now, the fine for violation of the proposed parking bans will be $150 from January 1st, 2022 through December 31st, 2022. And after that, the fine will increase to $250. Now, of course, the Minnesota Trucking Association strongly opposes the measure 
and points out that many of the trucks parked overnight are owned by independent contractors who live in Minneapolis. These small businesses, many of whom are minority-owned, would have no viable alternative for overnight parking. This ban could effectively force many of these hardworking residents to choose between their livelihood and the place they call home with an existing truck driver shortage. We simply cannot afford to have qualified drivers leave the industry. You know, here's what's going to happen. You know, you know, Minneapolis, are you freaking stupid? All right, these are the people who bring you your goods, your service. I mean, they literally supply your city with everything that it uses. Now, if these guys say, screw this, we can't park our trucks here and we're moving out, then you're not going to have any drivers to, you know, to, you know, and if drivers say, screw that, we're not going to Minneapolis anymore. Then, you know, I would love to see a, you know, just a strike on Minneapolis for something like this. I think that would be fantastic. You know, there's like, it's in like four, there's four people who voted on this in the initial thing. I don't know how many are in the full city council, but, you know, uh, stop supplying the grocery stores with food for a couple of weeks and see how the residents uh, change the city council people's minds. Yeah, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Ugh, unbelievable. All right, let's get moving on. Well, here's one for you, a wild ride. This one's insane. So over in Colorado on I-70 near Vail, the driver, boy, he flew. Doesn't, I can't tell what he's carrying. Doesn't, it's flat better. You know what? I'll say one thing for him. The truck is embedded into the ground over the cliff. The trailer's sticking up into the air. And whatever he's got on there is still strapped down rather securely. You know, he did a good job on strapping that load down. So anyway, on uh, June 23rd at 10 a.m., a uh, truck driver probably lost his brakes. And he hit the runaway truck ramp over there by Vail. And he hit the thing so hard that he flew over the top of the runaway truck ramp, which is, you know, pretty... Pretty high up. I've never heard of anybody doing that. You don't see those used too much these days, but they are still necessary. And, oh, boy, did he go over. But they got the driver out. He wasn't hurt. He's just shaking up. He was trapped in the truck, though, from the wreck. And so, I don't know. But, boy, he must have really been hauling ass down that hill to be able to hit that ramp like that. That's pretty amazing. And like I said, you look at his load, and uh, it's still strapped down. He did a great job strapping that thing down. So you got to give him that. There's something, right? You can't, you know, I don't know. Let's get moving on. <laughs> okay, I don't know if this one's still active or not, but I just got this report. It says authorities are seeking help locating a truck driver who went missing earlier this month. According to Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, Sergi Milishuk, 34, of West Clary Lane near Murfreesboro, Tennessee, was reported missing by his wife on June 8th. All right, he looks like a fairly young guy, okay? Now, Milishuk drives a 2007 Peterbilt semi-tractor with Tennessee plate number M872HY. Okay, I'm going to say that again. He drives a 2007 Peterbilt. All right, so that narrows it down. With a with Tennessee license plate number M872HY. Yeah, M8727. Oh, I'm sorry, I must have said that wrong. M8727HY. That's M872HY. And he's an over the road driver. So, and then they've been unable to reach him by phone. So, if you have any information or you've seen this guy or his truck, call this number uh, at the uh, Rutherford County Sheriff's Office, Detective Ryan Huggins at 615 904 3032. That's 615 904 3032. Or RH or R Huggins. You know, R-H-U-G-G-I-N-S, 
that RCO, uh, what is it? Shit, let me try that again. R Huggins, that's R H U G G I N S at R C S O T N dot org, O R G. I screwed that one all up. He looks like a fairly young guy. If anybody sees him, he's only 34, was over the road driver. You see his truck parked anywhere. Those things are hard, try to hard, hard to find, you know, they're hard to hide. And it's a 2007, so it should stick out. Uh, contact the cops, let them know, okay? Hopefully they'll find this guy all right. Or hopefully he's already home. Wouldn't that be great? That would be awesome. All right. Let's get moving on. Yeah. Oh, before we do, we need to look out for each other. We're drivers. We're out there alone on the road. We're away from our homes. We got to take care of ourselves. We got to take care of those around us. All right. Keep that in mind. So let's find this guy. Hopefully somebody already has. All right. Let's get moving on. All right. Up in Canada, you know, things are getting crazy because they're under restrictions because of the COVID still. And it's just insane. So anyway, trucks are, uh, no vax trucks is what they were saying. Watch as protesters block a big rig they believe is hauling vaccine. Well, what happened was the trucks can go in and out of the province, you know, out of the area. So the, the local people are pissed off about it, right? So it says here, this week, group of protesters set up highway blockades to cry out against the Nova Scotia government's decision to continue to impose quarantine requirements on travelers coming from New Brunswick after the borders were opened to those from Newfoundland, PEI, Newfoundland, and Labrador based on vaccination status, okay? Now, on the 22nd and the 23rd, protesters angered by the policy set up barricades on both uh, directions of the Trans-Canadian Highway at the Nova Scotia-New Brunswick border. So basically, they just blocked everybody from coming in blocked up traffic. Everybody wants to block traffic. What the hell's up with that? Go to the city hall and complain. They're the ones that make them, you know, the decisions or the state or whatever. So they were being asked to, you know, the vaccine trucks through, right? Because vaccines are important, right? But yet if we're vaccinated, we're in a lot. Okay. So here's what one of the, one of the people said. So we're being asked to let a vaccine truck through because vaccines are important. But yet if we're vaccinated, we aren't allowed to travel. So how are the vaccines important? No vax trucks passed this point. One protester, one protester shed, said shortly after stopping the truck. The truck was reportedly allowed to pass after the protesters learned that the driver was transporting blood to hospitals. So they left hundreds of people backed up. It was a huge nightmare. Hopefully they'll get this shit you know, straightened out. Um, you know, a lot of times there's stuff on those trucks. You don't know what it is. And they got to go places, and it's important. Like this one, blood to a hospital. Very timely situation. Let's go. So, I don't know, you know, just, it's a crazy world we live in right now. Things are getting crazier. All right. It's just nuts. Let's keep moving on. All right, here's something interesting. Uh, this article is from, if it doesn't say where it's from. Anyway, it's probably Freight Waves. Yep, that's what it is, Freight Waves. I, I missed the, the banner there. It was too low. Anyway, most dangerous railroad crossings for U.S. truckers. Four or five of them are in Phoenix. Ooh, crazy, huh? So the nation has over 200-plus railroad crossings tracked by the Federal Railroad Administration, FRA, and at least 10 accidents apiece occurred at 15 of them from 20, 2006 to 2015. While fatalities didn't occur at all 15 crossings and the data didn't specify how many accidents involved large commercial trucks, the repeated incident increased for potentials in other words, these are the problem areas, okay? They're, the way they're worded, it's a little nutty. But anyway, 
Phoenix, North 27th Avenue at West Thomas Road. Uh, it's the BNSF Railway. The, this railroad crossing lies just a few miles northwest of downtown Phoenix, the fifth largest city in the country based on 2020 estimated census. Uh, from twenty from 2006 to 2015, this crossing had the highest number of reported incidents, 24, resulting in two injuries and no deaths. So from 2006 to 2015, these are all 2006 to 2015. They had 24 incidents there. All right, the next one is Phoenix, North 35th Avenue and U.S. Highway 60. Uh, this one is located just a couple miles northwest of the previously discussed crossing. Amazing, they're right next to each other. About five miles from downtown Phoenix near the Triangle Industrial Center. Uh, 21 incidents, all right? Four injuries and no deaths. Uh, Ashton, Arkansas. West Front Street at North Park Avenue. Kansas City Southern. This railroad crossing claimed four lives uh, between, like I said, this is all between 2006 and 2015. The crossing lies just west of the U.S. Highway 5971 in the small town of Ashton. Arkansas, about 20 miles north of Texarkana, Texas. So, it says here, uh, James Sutton, current Ashton mayor, told Freightways that Kansas City Southern offered to pay 100000 to close this crossing, as well as two others in the town, but because of their, their dangerous histories. All right. They wanted to close them because of dangerous histories, and Sutton said town officials refused. They wanted safety features added instead. Eventually, the railroad installed cross arms, at the three crossing, as well as a stoplight at the one on the list. Along with four deaths at this crossing, 19 incidents were reported at this crossing, resulted in 13 lives lost, or 13 injuries. Oh, sorry, three injuries. Oh, why did I get 13 out of that? All right. I'm terrible at reading this stuff off. Glendale, Arizona, North 34th, uh, 43rd Avenue at U.S. Highway 60, uh, BNSF Railway. This next railroad crossing is almost seven miles northwest of downtown Phoenix in the suburb of Glendale, just south of the Santa, uh, Santa Grande neighborhood from uh, 2006 to 2015. 19 incidents were reported the crossing, th resulting in three injuries and no deaths. Phoenix, once again, North 27th Avenue at West Thomas Road, BNSF. This fourth Arizona railroad crossing on the list lies about four miles northwest of downtown Phoenix, just west of Interstate 17. Uh, 15 incidents were reported this crossing, four injuries and no deaths. Uh, Glendale also has the 12th most dangerous crossing in the nation. Each of the Phoenix and Glendale crossings had 12 trains and more than 30,000 vehicles passing through it each day. So there's a lot of traffic there. You know, a lot of train stuff. Surprised Chicago's not on this list because there's so much rail traffic in Chicago. You know, that's just insane. Um, all right, let's get moving on. So that's your list of dangerous rail crossings don't uh you know don't get hit by a train all right just don't all right let's get moving on all right that's all we got for this week now for the shameless selling uh over on amazon they got uh the dash cam we've been using and testing out it's the gecko the 960 i paid for this so they didn't give it to me so far i'm liking it it's working out pretty good uh, I'm going to start putting some YouTube videos up there, some random stuff going across Montana, stuff like that. Nothing too exciting. Just to show you guys what the video looks like, if I can figure out how to do it. I haven't taken the time to do it yet. Also, screen protector for iPhone 12. Yeah, I got one. I had to take the screen protector off, and it just I found out it was just the protector itself that was scratched, not the phone. So I replaced it. Oh, thank God. The phone's expensive. 
and uh, of course Amazon Prime. It's the music, Amazon Music. If you sign up for that, you get uh, 30 days free Amazon, you know, music, which is pretty good. So just you know, sign up for it, check it out. I get three bucks, and then for 30 days is just cancel. All right. Other than that, I can't think of anything else that's going on. I'm just excited about the Iowa 80 show. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to start doing that one. I got the I got the camera set up. I got the recorder set up. Probably going to do mostly photos. I don't think I'm going to do much audio. We'll have to wait and see. Maybe I'll do some audio. It's going to be an all day long thing. So I'm taking the car there. I go straight from work. So it'll, I'll have a place to position myself. And then I'm going to start off at a hotel close by. So it'll be cool. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. I like to go every couple of years at least. But anyway, that's all I got. Stay out of trouble. And, uh, you know, remember, people, people need the stuff you're bringing. So you, what you do is important. All right. That being said, Kingfish out. Peace. <laughs>